Ephesians chapter number 6. We'll be in Ephesians chapter number 6 tonight. And thank you for the music. Ephesians chapter number 6. And we look forward to what the Lord has for us in uh, uh, the last couple of Wednesday nights. And uh, I think there's a Sunday night or two in there. Uh, I've preached from this text and along these lines uh, in the context of spiritual warfare. I think this has helped us define uh, some things that are going on in our world. Uh, how we are to react as Christians uh, to things that go on in our world. And uh, tonight we're going to look at a different aspect of this. It ties right in uh, to, uh, to what we've been talking about, and it'll help us uh, understand some things in our responsibility uh, in our world today. Let's look at Ephesians chapter number 6, and uh, we're going to look at a few verses that we've read uh, the past several weeks, beginning with verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong. In the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Uh, I think we would all be in agreement. Uh, that we live in an evil day. Uh, I expounded on this uh, years ago in my, in my book, Satan's Toolbox. And, um, but we do live in an evil day. Uh, we need to do everything that we can to stand in that evil day. And I want to draw your attention tonight to verse number 12. And uh, this study that, that, that I've been bringing in is a personal study of mine. And I cannot tell you how much it has helped me personally in my approach to even things that we decisions that we've had to make during this whole pandemic uh, to reminding us of how uh, we are we can be an effective christian an effective soldier and uh, once again we're going to look into this passage that uh, something i want to point out to you for we wrestle not against flesh and blood verse 12 but against principalities against powers against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Wednesday night, if you were here, if not, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the message. Uh, I spoke about how we're not in a battle against flesh and blood. And we are not. Uh, we are not in a battle against flesh and, and blood. Uh, we're against the, there's a spiritual world. We have an adversary, the devil. But as we expand on that tonight, I want us to look at that phrase, rulers of the darkness of this world. We live in a dark world, and tonight I'm going to take some time, and we're going to look at darkness, and we're going to look at light, and then we're going to look at how we as a Christian is supposed to combat the rulers of the darkness of this world, and I want to make sure that personally, I'm doing my part as a Christian. I want us as a church to do our part as a Christian. Tonight, I'm going to speak on combat the darkness with light. Combat the darkness with light. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you'll uh, allow us tonight to uh, learn something that will help us to better serve you. May uh, you bless the preaching of the word of God. Bless your word tonight. May it not return void. Uh, Father, I pray that you'll strengthen your church tonight. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. It's easy to see the darkness that is in our world. There's darkness in our educational system. There's darkness in our government. Uh, there's darkness in the entertainment industry. Uh, there is darkness literally everywhere 
we look. Um, I am not a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe that there are rulers of darkness in this world. I do believe our adversary, the devil, is the prince and the power of the air. The Bible teaches us that. I believe that. But the scripture tells us as we war, we're to put on the whole armor of God. We're to battle in our, in his might, not our might. We're reminded, as I mentioned in, in a previous message last past Wednesday night, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, flesh and blood is not our enemy. We should not put our focus on men, but on the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. We see the darkness around us, and since our enemy is not flesh and blood, uh, those who are part of this doctor, darkness are not our enemies, but those who rule this darkness are our enemies. Now, I want you to follow along with me tonight because I'm going to take a while to get to my outline. But if I take some time to get to my outline, I don't want to discourage you. I'm just going to mention my outline very, very quickly. It won't take me but, you know, five, five or 25 minutes to get through, get through that outline. Uh, but, but I'm going to lay the groundwork. Uh, so stay with me tonight. Um, Jesus did not come to condemn this dark world. He didn't come to condemn the darkness. I think we as Christians, we get caught up, we spend our time doing something that Christ did not even do. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of preachers, and I don't want to fall into this trap of just using my voice to condemn the darkness. I'm not saying we don't take a stand. I'm not saying we don't articulate the Word of God. I'm not saying we don't articulate what we believe and where we stand. Uh, but Christ did not come to condemn darkness. He came to be the light in the darkness so that this world might be saved. Something I want you to remember, a very practical point tonight, condemning darkness does not create light. There's a lot of Christians, we're good at condemning the darkness of this world, but it creates no light. We have got to be reminded that the Bible tells us that there is a way to deal with the darkness. We're reminded in our text that we're at war against the rulers of the darkness of this world, not those that are in the darkness. Satan would love for us to use our voice rather than our light. Matthew 5, 16 reminds us, let your light so shine before men they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That is a command that you and I are supposed to do. We're supposed to let our light so shine before men. Why? So they may see your good works. When they see your good works, what's, what, 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 what does that lead them to do? To glorify your Father. Your good works glorifies your Father which is in heaven. It is by our good works that people see the goodness of God. It is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Our light is our Christ likeness, which is not the condemnation of this dark world, but the promotion of the light of God's love shown to this world through the work of Christ. There are a lot of people in the darkness that are not interested in what God could do for them. They don't get past uh, their eyes being blinded because there's a lot of Christians that just go around declaring that they're in darkness and do nothing to speak to them and tell them of the light that will bring them out of darkness. Are you following me tonight? So we, we are not at war with those that are in the darkness. Our light is living holy lives within this dark world, yet loving the sinners who are of this dark world 
and letting them see the mercy and the grace of Christ. So if we are at war with the rulers of the darkness of this world, we need to understand the darkness. We need to understand that there is darkness, and you and I were part of this darkness before we were saved. Just a page over, Ephesians chapter number 5, beginning with verse number 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. How many of you are saved tonight? Let me see your hand. All right, very good. Every one of us, before salvation, was part of the darkness. You were not born part of the light. You were born a sinner as I was born a sinner. We were part of the darkness. But now are ye light in the Lord. Why are we light? Because we have the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. I declare to you tonight that as a Christian, as a child of God, I don't belong to the darkness. I'm not part of the darkness. I didn't find my way out by working my way out. It is because I met the light and the light saved me and transformed me. And therefore, I was part of the, the darkness, but now I'm not part of the darkness anymore. And we are commanded to walk as children of light. That's a message in itself. You're not of darkness, so don't walk of darkness. You're light, so walk as somebody who's been saved. There is a difference. It's still in the Bible. There's the way that those that are still in darkness live, and there are the ways those that are children of light should live. I'm thankful that I'm saved by the grace of God. You cannot work your way to heaven. You cannot do enough good works and by the way, there's, some, there's teaching that's been around forever that's creeping in back into Baptist churches uh, that you have to do a certain number of good works to convince, convince, basically convince God that you're saved. That's not Bible. For by grace are you saved through faith. I'm glad that I'm saved. But I'm still supposed to walk as the child of the light. Well, it doesn't matter how I live. According to the Bible, a dark world sees Christ through your light, sees Christ through the light of the children of light. Let's keep reading verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit and all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Now let me explain something to you. It's not saying reprove those that live in darkness. It's saying reprove the works of darkness. There's too, many, there's too many Christians that are too quick to reprove and condemn those who were lost in this world. And I'll, I'll, I'll use the example of abortion. I think abortion is murder. I think abortion is bringing about and will continue to bring about the judgment of God on our nation. I think as Christians we ought to condemn that act. We should not condemn those in darkness who do not have the light. Does this make sense? It says, reprove the works of darkness. As, me, as I, and I know this is unpopular preaching in a lot of our churches today, but we were of darkness before we were saved. We ought to reprove 
And I don't ever, and I'm going to tell you, you know me, you know where I stand, you know I'm willing to stand on the Word of God, you know I'm willing to die where I have drawn a line, and I stand. But I want to be very careful. I don't want there to ever be somebody who I have to give an account for because in, in my efforts to condemn the works of darkness, I was condemning them so they would not find the light. The reason why we condemn the works of darkness is so they might see the light. We reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake that thou sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Stay with me. There are two distinct entities of the darkness of this world. We see in our passage of Scripture that we wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this world. That, that is one entity when it comes to the darkness. These are the forces of Satan. These are those, that spiritual wickedness in high places. This, these are the principalities. I explained last Wednesday night that, that there's a principality, there's a kingdom, and the prince in the power of the air is the one who rules this world. That is our enemy. The second entity are those who live in darkness. Now, we cannot blur those lines. We're at war. I, I, I want to declare, just in case there was any doubt, I am at war with the prince and the power of the air. I am at war with Satan. That's why I'm going to reprove the works of darkness. That's why, as your pastor, as your under-shepherd, I'm going to warn you about the sin of this world because I don't want the devil to get anybody. I don't want him to steal your children. I don't want him to steal your grandchildren. I'm at war with him. We all should be. But I'm not at war with those who are living in darkness. I'm not at war with the lost men. I'm not even at war with the, with the, with the, with the politicians of the day. I'm at war with, the, with the, the power, the wicked power, those that are behind the wickedness of this world. There are the ruler. Believers must differentiate between the two. We are to be a light to those who live in darkness. Okay, I'm going to be very practical with you. The reason people walk in darkness is that they have not seen the light. They love darkness because they are living in the works of darkness. John 3, 19 through 21, write the reference down if you'd like to look at it. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wronged in God. In addition to those who live in darkness... There are those who are rulers of darkness. They're, also, they're the work of the darkness, which I spoke of. Now, there's the light. The light is Christ. I had you raise your hand just a moment ago. Everybody still with me? You're saved. The light of Christ is in you. So in a, a dark world, you carry light. What do those in the darkness need? They need the light of Christ. Where are they going to find the light of Christ? In the darkness? No. They find the light of Christ in those who have the light of Christ. That is why it is important that we walk as children of light. Now, very careful, very quickly, I'm going to go through a list of what Satan uses 
to keep people in darkness. Because, as I said, there are those who live in the darkness of this world, and then there are those who are the rulers of the darkness of this world. Satan and his forces. Well, you say, well, pastor, if, if this is true, and it is true, and Christ is the light, which he is, why are so many still in darkness? I'll tell you why. Because of the rulers of the darkness of this world. Satan uses various tactics to keep people in darkness. Let me just list, uh, read them to you. He disguises himself. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Think about that. He transforms himself into an angel of darkness? No. Parents, let me help you. Don't be, don't be guarding your family from, 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 from some sinister-looking character that has red horns and a pitchfork. You should not, as a Christian, you should not be on guard tonight for the most sinister, just the most sinister things in this world because Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. He blinds people to God's truth. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He disguises his own ministers. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. 2 Corinthians eleven fifteen. He controls people's hearts and minds. When someone is walking in darkness, Satan has the ability to enter their lives and keep them from seeing the light. They then entered Satan, the Judas surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve, Luke 22, 3. He interferes with the gospel. When the seed is planted, he is there to try and snatch it away. Matthew 13, 19, when anyone heareth the word of the, kingdom, of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. He makes people feel that they are free if they follow him and in bondage if they live for Christ. John 8, 36 and 37 tells us this. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. He lies. Satan is the father of lies. Genesis 3, 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. We know that's not true. He controls people's hearts. Luke 8, 12, Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. He makes people believe they know best what brings salvation. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 16, 25. His goal is to pervert the truth so that many people will stay in darkness. Well, we encounter this all the time, don't we? I know people, I believe, I know what I, know what I believe about salvation. Uh, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He destroys people's lives. Many people are left in darkness because of the destruction of their lives. They're unable to see the light because they are so bound in their own sin and darkness. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew 10, 28. I've encountered people like that whose lives are so wrecked, so wrecked, the devil had convinced them that Christ would not save them. That's an application of that scripture. So there's a darkness. We're to combat it. Not those that live in it. And I want to just go through this list very quickly to see how much Satan wants to keep those in darkness. In darkness. Now stay with me. I'm going to give you my outline. See how fast we got there? 
let's look at the scripture again. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Ephesians 5 reminds us, as I read, that we were of the darkness. Who's, who, we know we have an enemy. He's the prince of the power of the air. Before you were saved, think about when you got saved. Before you were saved, you were in the darkness. It was the light of Christ that you saw that brought you from the darkness. I'm thankful for my salvation for a lot of reasons, but I think I'm thankful that I'm not still in the darkness. I'm thankful I'm not trying to find my way and make sense of this world. I have the light of Christ in me. There are those that are still in the darkness. I went very, very quickly through a list of how Satan keeps people in the darkness. So the only hope that man has is to see the light of Christ so that they can escape the darkness. The rulers of the darkness of this world, the world systems, wants to keep those that are lost in the darkness. We should be a light to those who are in darkness. There are ways that we can do this. We are to walk as children of light. We read that in, in Ephesians chapter number 5. That, that is, Christ came to be the light of the world. He didn't come to condemn darkness. He said, look at the light. Accept the light. And you'll come out of the darkness. You, you cannot find light in darkness. And how in the world is this dark world going to find their way out of the darkness if they can't see the light of Christ somewhere. That's why we, we, we're not going to blend our services in a contemporary way because the light of Christ has got to be seen. We're not going to water down the gospel because in a dark world, the light has got to be bright. We, we, we've got to Live and walk as children of light. There, you young couples who your children are small and, and you pray for their salvation as soon as they're able to understand. Let me tell you how, how, how the, the best opportunity they're going to have to be saved at a young age is if they see the light in their home. If, that, why, why should you bring the, those children to church and have them in every service? Because the light is going to shine bright. They must see the light of Christ. They must have the light of Christ. Now, we have a responsibility, and this is what I wanted to get to. I, I threw about I mean, a lot at you for a foundation, but this is what I want us to take. As we should be a light to those who are in darkness, we can accomplish this in, in several ways. Number one, when we love one another, we are shining the light in this dark world. John 2, verses 8 through 11, reminds us, again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded eyes. And that's First John 2, 8 through 11. When we love one another, we are shining the light in the dark world. When Christians are bitter and angry at one another, we're not shining our light. 
I want you to think about this in the context of this passage of Scripture, the context that, that there are those in darkness as we were before salvation. There, is the, there are the, the rulers of the darkness of this world in this world system, and Satan works very, very hard. He'll even transform himself into an angel of light to keep people in darkness. He'll blind them, he'll lie to them, he'll deceive them, he'll do anything he can because he does not want them to have the light because he knows once they have the light, he has lost them. And their soul is secure forever. I want you to think about in this context and our responsibility, and then now you get a bit of an understanding of why God hates discord sowing amongst God's people so much. Because the world looks at Christians... And when they're good to one another, they say, that's different. They love one another. There may be brawls out in this world, but there should not be brawls in the house of God. There may be unforgiveness out in this world, but there should not be unforgiveness amongst God's people. When we love one another, we are shining the light in the dark world. So when Christians are bitter and angry, are you bitter tonight? Are you angry at another Christian? You are dimming the light in a dark world. When a Christian goes on a tirade on social media, you're dimming the light in a dark world. I don't care what that politician said. I don't care what somebody else did. You are dimming the light in a dark world. It's, I don't have to love somebody because... They, they take the same position I take. There, there are, and I don't want to make this too personal tonight, but there are Christians, I hate a strong word, they have a strong dislike for me. But I don't have, that doesn't, that doesn't excuse me of my responsibility to pray for them and love them. That is how this world sees the light of Christ. The Christian may not say it, but they definitely should not live it. Well, I, I don't get mad. I just get even. That's what those in darkness do. Well, when they ask for forgiveness, that's what those in darkness do. Well, I just can't get over it. That's what those in darkness do. And when this world sees God's people and the wrong that is done to God's people, and they still love one another, and they still do good for one another, the darkness sees the light. Because let's be honest, you and I, we're not that good to just be able to get over things. It's because we've been saved by the grace of God, the work of the Spirit of God in our life, that we're able to grant forgiveness when we, if we can say it like this, when it's undeserved. If you want to shine a light in the darkness, love your brother. Love your fellow Christian. Do good unto them. Oh, we, we, we've, got to, we've got to make some speeches and we've got, to, we've, we've got to do this. I'm telling you what the Bible says in order to have light in a dark world. And I would think that ought to be what we give our attention to. Number two, when we do good works, it glorifies God, and it is a light to a dark world. I want, I want to ask you again, how many of you are saved tonight? Let me see your hand. Very good. You know nothing can change that? Nothing. If you wanted to change it, you couldn't change it. Because God keeps his word. 
There's nothing you had to do for salvation. Aren't you thankful for that? But you should still have some good works. You should still serve God. You should still have works of righteousness. What did Jesus, the light, do? He went about doing good. He went about doing good works. He is our example of what we should be as the light. You don't have to be a church member to be saved, but if you want to be a good light, you might want to serve in your church. You, you, you don't have to really obey any of the commands to be saved other than repent of unbelief and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But if your light's going to shine in a dark world, you may want to do some works. You may want to do some good things. Why? Because it glorifies God. And when we live to glorify God, the light shines. The light gets the attention. Oh, I'll just say what comes to my mind. Sometimes that's dangerous. And Christians shouldn't be selfish. Christians ought to be giving. Well, I'm just jaded. No, you let your light not shine. I need to have you in children's church on Sunday morning so you can sing this little light of mine. By the way, there's more doctrine in this little light of mine than in the emerging church down the road with things, the songs they sing. I think I just. When we do good works, it glorifies God and is a light to the dark world. This is a cutthroat world, isn't it? You even look at what's going on in our nation right now. These people, people don't care about anybody else, they only care about themselves. We got to. We are God's people who have the light ought to be going about doing good works. Going about doing that which is good. Because the light then shines. Number three, when we live holy lives, we are shining the light to this dark world. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, You are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. We're told in Ephesians chapter 5, as we already looked at, that we ought to walk as children of light. You know why it matters that you live a holy life so those in darkness can see light? Now, I've been asked several times in, in jest before the service by several people, are you going to be as pointed tonight as you were this morning? Are you going to take it easy on us? My answer was, don't blame me for what the Holy Spirit did to you this morning. I mean, don't, don't, don't blame me for that. But we, just as we needed the questions posed to us this morning and the application of Scripture posed to us this morning, we need this one right here in our churches. We need this one right here in our lives. There are those, please understand, the heart I say this with. There are going to be those who are lost 
The day is going to come, as I preached about a couple of Sunday mornings ago, they're going to stand before the great white throne of judgment. There's not going to be no haughtiness there. There's going to be no uh, hope there. And the righteous judge is going to read the record to them. And the words they hear from behind that great white throne are, Depart from me, I never knew you. And they will be cast into that lake of fire. And for all of eternity, they will exist in anguish, in pain, and suffering. And I wonder how many will go because Christians didn't let their light shine. We can preach about how you ought to be a soul winner and you should, how you ought to be a witness and you should. But friend, let me help you tonight. Not stand and watch that scene with blood on your hands because you thought it was more important for you to fit into a wicked world than it was to let your light shine. Because mom and dad, you wanted your children to have other aspirations. You didn't want them to be stand out amongst your friends and your, and your family. And you didn't want to be that different. And yet, they could have been a light to the lost. This is not a pleasant scene to think about. But if we are going to be a light in this world, it matters that we live a holy life. We don't live a holy life because we're better than those in darkness. We live a holy life because we're not in darkness. We don't live a holy life because we're better than anybody else. We do so because we want our light to shine. We know it pleases our God, and we want our light to shine for a dark world. I've said this before, and I'm not the only preacher to say it. If you use the same language as darkness uses... Why would they? Why would darkness ever look to what you have? If you've got the same goals, dreams, and aspirations as darkness, why would they ever look for light? If you're participating in the same activities as those that live in darkness, not only are you not being a light, but you will have you will have a part in them staying in darkness because you've not let your light shine. When we live holy lives, we are shining the light to this dark world. Number four, and I'm done. We're to take the light to this world. We all have a responsibility not just to love one another. We're not just have a responsibility to do good works. We don't just have responsibility to love holy lives, but we have responsibility to take the light to the world. Acts 26, 15 through 18, and I said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen. This is, of course, Paul's conversion. And of those things in which I will appear unto thee, Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, and to whom now I send thee to open their eyes, listen to the, the book of Acts, and to turn them from darkness to light, 
and from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And to turn them from darkness to light. We have a responsibility to take the light to darkness. It's, it's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Hey, to, to, to the teenagers over here, it, it's, it's your responsibility to use your life to take the darkness, take the light to the darkness. To the young adults, it's your responsibility to take the light to the darkness of this world. Hey, church, it's our responsibility to take the light to the darkness of this world. As you know different, as you know now, I'm wired a little different. I think a little bit different. But tonight, I just, I've had a lot of burdens on my heart recently. And the Lord has is, is given me a lot of clarity in life, in ministry, in the Word of God. And I'm real tired of a lot of speeches being made by Christians and by preachers. And this time you and I are just reminded that's not a condemnation of those that live in darkness are going to bring them out of the darkness. It's God's people deciding to let their light shine that's going to make a difference in a dark world. It's not a political revolution that's going to transform this world and transform this world system. Matter of fact, we are told this world system is always going to have, uh, as God, its enemy. But it's time for God's people to say, I'm going to live a holy life so my light will shine. I'm going to live my life to take the light of Christ to the darkness of this world. Darkness doesn't give light. Darkness is not going to find light amongst itself. That darkness has got to be attracted to the light and to know where the light is. And friend, you and I have a responsibility to let our light shine. We must take the light to this dark world. And all is considered the darkness of this world is not our battlefield, but our mission field. What your goal should be tonight is to make this world a little brighter. We're, we're, and I'll just leave it at that. Your goal ought to be to make this world a little brighter. Your light shine brighter. See, we've, we've overcomplicated and we've got distracted in our mission as a Christian, as a church. We, we, we have never, it has never been the church's responsibility to lead the way in a political revolution. It's always been our responsibility to keep the light shining. It's never been our responsibility to condemn the darkness. But to pluck somebody out of it. You want to know what would change this world? Everybody in this room let their light shine brighter than it's ever shone. But to do that, some might have to get rid of some friends that put their light out. Some might have to change some of their habits and their ways. 
Some might have to detox off of the fleshly desires that have been cultivated by this world. But our light's got to shine. Too, for too long, for too long, and I'm weary of it, and I trust that you'll be weary of it, we have complained about the darkness as Christians and God's people, and we've done nothing to let our light shine. We're not doing enough to get the light to this world. And I know I'm preaching to what I think are the greatest people on the planet, the greatest church that, that, that I know exists. I know who I'm preaching to tonight, but tonight, just as I know that we needed this morning, do we not need to be reminded that we have to let our light shine in a dark world in order to make a difference? Can you imagine what would happen if just this number of people in here who have the light of Christ in them plucked one person out of the darkness this week. You know what would happen? The light would get a little bit brighter. See, it's why it's important for you to be in the house of God. It's important, and I'll just give a little precursor to something that's coming down the line, that just because we have live stream, you, get, you don't get lazy as a church member. Because as quickly as it was cut on, it could be cut off. It's important for God's people to let their light shine. See, but pastor, I, I'm getting, you know what? When I left my house this morning and I got in my vehicle with my Bible under my arm, you know what was going on in my cul-de-sac? The light was shining. The light was shining. But pastor, I don't know what I can do. You can let your light shine. You, you, can, you can allow the grace of God to work in your life so that that lost men, those in darkness, can see there's something different about the child of God. There's something different about those who claim the name of Christ. Let your light shine. I'm thankful for this church and the ministry of this church for, for the decades of faithfulness. I'm thankful that as I, as I consider this thought tonight, I'm thankful that there's light shining around this world. But they started right here. Now they're shining in other places. That is God's plan. To just make, just make the world a little bit brighter. I want you to think about this this, this, this week. Is your, is your light shining? Oh, we, need, we, need, we, need to, we need to make a difference. Okay, I'm telling you how to engage in spiritual warfare. Not against those in darkness. I'll close with this, or I'll never close. One of the, and I think it's easy to discount and overlook the illustration I'm about to give. But Paul in his imprisonment. And the fact that Paul was in prison for preaching the gospel. He's going to lose his life for preaching the gospel. But yet, some of the very soldiers who guarded him, were converted. You think Paul ever got frustrated? I'm sure he did. You think Paul ever wondered, I'm just here, be, I'm sure. 
But he could differentiate the rulers of the darkness from those that are bound by it. And you and I, as a child of God, in this troubled day we live in, you know, if you just go out in public and you have a smile on your face, people don't even know what to do with that. And sometimes it's because you're smiling and sometimes you're not wearing a mask. One or the other. They don't, they don't, know, what, they don't know what to do with that. But would, why would you cover this up? I mean, that's a, whole, that's, a whole other, that's a whole other story. Let your light shine. How many of you have been, don't raise your hand, how many of you have been cut off in traffic? I'll finish that by another church member. No. In the parking lot. How are you going to react? Let your light shine. You don't know how God will use your light. Let your light shine. Father, I pray that you'll use the message tonight as you would have it used. May your light shine brighter than before.